0: Hello, welcome and thanks for listening to Carbon Climates, an energy podcast dedicated to discussing all things energy, carbon, and sustainability while pointing out what's getting hot aside from our planet. I'm your host Enya, and today I'm joined with my carbon climate co-host and boss Alan, who I'll be introducing shortly. Alan, how has your week been? And can you tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Thank you for um, having me on the show, mm-hmm. Enya. And uh, it's it's been quite quite busy, so I'm I'm getting ready to go on a holiday for the oh, week. So of being tortured all week with with people uh, trying to get the uh, things done. So about me then. So I'm the director of BPP. Mm-hmm. I've been involved in building services for about close to 40 years. Wow. Um, and, uh, I've been in the Coalville group for about 27 years in the past. Six of that i have been, uh, the director of BPP, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, sustainability company with a bit of energy and sustainability. that's yeah. it's kind of a bit, bit about me.
0: Nice. Nice and so yeah you said that and see when you were at school and um, i know maybe around like gcse time or maybe like around the 14 15 year olds uh your 14 or 15 year old self did you ever like envisage yourself in the sector where you are now
1: a sector because the, the the sector i first went into was building services and building services kind of a hidden mm-hmm. sector um i did not think it would be an engineer because you always liked engineering he always liked mathematics so like uh discovering things and I yeah. sort of naturally gravitated towards that, uh, sort of, sort of job. And when I first got into building services, I didn't really know what it was because it was all pipes and lights and hidden things. Yeah. Uh, and it led a whole, a whole new world of discovery of things that are hidden behind, uh, the way it works. And that led on to the interest in energy and energy, what awesome. I wanted to know that that it could actually make a difference in in the, in the world. You sort of there's a whole hidden world, and I sort of became fascinated with it. So.
0: Okay. brilliant. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. as you just said, uh, so BPP. We at BPP are sustainability engineers, and our primary role is to act as energy assessors for buildings um, during construction, and usually they can just be mm-hmm. existing as well. So we do this by usually talking to the client and understand what they want to have designed for the building. So it goes down to the heating, hot water and ventilation, types of walls, windows, et cetera. The list goes on. Uh, once we have this information, we then input it into a specialist software. And this gives a carbon score or a building emission rate against the calculated target score or target emission rate. Essentially how much carbon the building is being emitted. For domestic softwares, this is shown through SAP calculations, and for non-domestic softwares, this is shown through Burghills. And these softwares also produce an EPC written, which is an energy performance written. I go into more detail about this in episode one of the podcast, but I just wanted to like recap and summarise this, and um, as we'll focus or like tiptoe around these subjects today. So the scores I previously mentioned the BER, the Building in emission rate, and TER. They are able to fluctuate depending on what type of technology, equipment, and constructions the buildings are designed to. So this could be the type of boiler, amount of insulation in the window, whether the amount of insulation in the wall, or whether the window is double glazed or triple glazed, or if there are any renewable technologies installed. So, Alan, the energy sector is constantly evolving with these different renewable technologies, energy efficiency methods, etc. But what have been the major changes you have witnessed with regards to what we've just talked about?
1: It's a it's an interesting question. And um it's probably important to understand that the when you look at a, a Brukle or a Part F or a building regulation or an EPC or a real life calculation, they're all different and mm-hmm. they mean different things. And what you're seeing is the emergence of people being more aware of what they actually mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Putting some pumps some perspective of uh, building control calculation is a comparison with a theoretical benchmark that's used as to sort of, it uh, was the first sort of experiment with uh, the, the regulations to sort of come up with some way of creating, is, is my building good enough? Is it not good enough? An EPC is a theoretical comparison with a standard reference building. So it's how you compare to a certain building, you're not being compared against the benchmark building. Yeah a real life is what people really are starting to get into, uh, for it. So what you're seeing is that you're seeing a progression of how people think of energy and tackle energy. So you have, um, you know, when building regulations first sort of came in and around sort of mid two thousands, you would have had, you know, things like borders all of a sudden couldn't be sold because they weren't efficient enough. Yeah. And people started thinking about that because there were maybe before that, they were thinking about, well, this is a very sturdy boiler. It's very robust. It last 50 or 60 years, um, but it's not very efficient. And then people started thinking about that. And you found people selling boilers getting quite upset that they couldn't sell the boilers anymore. And as the progressions move, move forward, so heating, boilers, ventilation started getting looked at in a lot more detail. You had uh, lighting starting to become a bit more detail. And the progression is going further and further into the fabric of a building. So, You'd have the values, the the windows, the glazing, the orientation of it, that has more focus because it's almost like the services have been squeezed as much as they can. That's where we're going. So you see that progression coming into it. You also see uh, more importance put on to some of the the badges you get, like how much you improve over a a Bruegel calculation Mm -hmm. or how much you have an EPCA. Um, And it's coming from different sources. So. Firstly, it came from the the regulations themselves forced people to make a change. You then have planning influences where some planning councils will say, in order to build in this area, you have to have a a certain value. We're now seeing it progressing more with financial institutions, saying that we will not invest in in a building or invest in a development without you having certain sustainable goals. And a lot of that's from public pressure and public awareness. So it's becoming... Higher and, and then the public like awareness, which so it's just feeding through in a, in a very odd way. So so we're seeing it's more awareness, I think on that. So
0: that's like yeah, that's brilliant to see. And mm-hmm. even what you're saying there about more awareness, I'm even finding when we're talking to different uh, people in the design team, the likes of when we're talking to the architects, um, we're discussing U-values, which is measure of heat loss through the wall. And I remember at the start, it used to be this U-value. Yes, we, we're going to give you this figure. But then we actually started look, like, okay, actually, how is that achieved? Like, how, how much amount of insulation is that in? Like, is that in the wall? Or well, we didn't take account for, like, bridging the steel, the timber frame construction. Um, and I feel like this is starting to be looked at more because U-values are getting tighter and just people understand what exactly that means.
1: Yes, uh, I would agree with that. And... Um, it's and again it's because that there's because of the uh the progress of sustainability through the the services and the fabric that because the services are being reduced so much there's there's less heat loss in a building and then you're finding that uh things like the thermal bridges and the way that the wall is constructed that in the past may have had a small change on EU value now becomes quite a dominant change on EU value so to squeeze that last bit out of of, of heat retention, you have to look at those areas and that's becoming more and more of a focus for design team to look at, so. Yeah. It's really,
0: okay. it's really great to see.
1: It's really good to see.
0: Well, you definitely, just from your previous explanations there, you've like mm-hmm. a vast majority, like vast, like, you know, path of knowledge. I oh, was like, how, did you do any particular training to get that, like all the energy accreditations you have under your belt, or is there a particular route you would recommend for people to go down to get the point where you're at today?
1: That's a good question because energy assessment sustainability is relatively new mm-hmm. um it's, it's hard or it has always been about but it's relatively new compared to other professions like the sort of mechanical engineering electrical engineering, architecture architectural. architectures can go back sort of centuries um so i would say be curious
0: okay so
1: so the thing that kind of drives me and has driven me is to do with the curiosity of how things actually perform in real life so the one thing you always have to be aware of is whatever you're assessing, whatever you're doing, what is the real life scenario and what is happening in real life. And that's kind of what drives a lot of the experience and mm-hmm. practical knowledge. So a lot of that is actually common sense. So you, you develop an awareness of common sense, like that's not qualifications, right? Mm-hmm. That's just you know, being aware of how things react in real life, you know, yeah. what's the consequence of doing something or not the consequence of doing something. So, you need that as your core starting point mm-hmm. and you build off that. Then there's there's formal qualifications. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have you know, there are good mathematics, you know, you can come from a geography background or mathematics or an engineering background, it doesn't really matter as long as you've got that core kind of sense of curiosity about the world around mm-hmm. you. And perhaps a concern about sustainability of what you're Uh so the formality of it, uh, there's there's a couple of routes. Um, there's sort of sustainable assessment, which forms into it as well as things like the BRE assessors which is formal routes through the BRE. There are, there are um, then formal routes to energy assessment accreditation. So you need that to do an EPC, and in order to achieve that, that'll be so likes so of the CIBSE or or or, or somebody like that can can offer that accreditation. But in order to have that, you would probably have to have a degree and a, a master's degree off the back of that. So that that's kind of where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's where the, the educational route to get to that point. Uh, and from then, you then build off various sort of courses or specialities of that. So uh, you can get into the fabric and look at the E-values and look at those sorts of things, and it's worthwhile having training separately from those. Um, you would look at uh, the the energy assessment you would look at real life predictions you can do courses and, and those and they all sort of tap into it so the sustainability isn't so much a you do a qualification to become sustainable you do a qualification to get in to sustainability and then you continue for the rest of your career doing courses and revising and looking at you know CPDs and continually learning as the process evolves to keep on to, to sort of keep on top of everything so um, so it's a sort of a strange thing I think. But the biggest thing, if you're curious about the subject, you can come from any background and okay. get into this from any way. You don't have to. You don't have to start at age twelve and become yeah. a physics master to do this. This is the sort of thing that you learn, and you can learn. That.
0: That's really great to hear because one of the main reasons I started this podcast, I started for many reasons, but this main one. I know so many people who have trained and um, updated a degree at uni in some sort of something, go into the real job, and they realise they hate it. And then they feel like they're stuck. And then they spend their life, like, they spend, like, maybe the next five years unhappy searching, like, you know, for different routes, but showing them that, like, you can have any degree you want, and you can come into this really interesting, um, ever-changing industry that's going to be at the forefront of so many news articles to show them, like, it, it makes it exciting. Like uh, if you tell if you like advertise that to anyone, they'll be like, Yeah, I, I wanna I want a bit of that, like you know, exposure there. But yeah. So that's really good to hear, Alan. Okay. Okay, so now we are coming to the question round. So this is the assessing the asset section. So this is just um we section where okay. I maybe talk about different technologies uh we've both come across as energy assessors. And yeah. And then I'm gonna have a wee uh, fun bit later on, which I'll explain the details just before. So there are many different uh, technologies that can be installed in your house or building that can help reduce reduce energy. So, Alan, I'm going to list some energy saving technologies or techniques or words that we come across when we look at a building. I'm gonna list the opposite word.
1: Okay. Okay. So
0: So you have to guess.
1: Sounds curious.
0: Okay. I've got two really hard ones, and then I've got, like, you know, some hopefully you should be able to get, and then if you do, I'll keep on doing this, and if not, we never mention this section again.
1: Okay. That's cool.
0: Okay. So, the first word is cold gain. Hey, yes, exactly! <laughs> so, yeah, we come across eight loss. <laughs> yep. Okay. Next one. Me. Worthless. It's sustainability.
1: Yeah. Me. Worthless. You value. Yeah, it.
0: exactly. <laughs> Very good. Okay, this one. I more. It's difficult because it is a sustainability term. Glare.
1: I think we're opposite of Glare. <laughs> um, I'm curious about that one, I don't...
0: Shading. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. Looking. okay, now this one, these two, I've... They weren't my best, but mm-hmm. I'll see what happens. Okay, and it's a specific type I'm talking about. Okay, solid opening conductor.
1: They are you
0: mm-hmm. so on? Okay. Yeah, well, I want to cut that. Solid up, so. opening conductor, cavity wall insulation.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, good. Got I've got one more, and again, it might be a stretch, okay. but like then people can play at home. Like we can okay. see if they can get this. Conserve. Fire. cold, Loss.
1: What was that again?
0: Conserve. Fire. Hold. Loss. I a
1: heat-something heat
0: game. All right, okay. Waste, water, heat recovery.
1: <laughs> yes. Something to do with something else. That's very good. You know what you should you do? Should, you should create a crossword. Yeah,
0: I really, yeah.
1: Should, like a,
0: like a, a version of the Times crossword, will you think? Yeah, It'll be, mm. it'll be, um, yeah, I'll go out simultaneously with this. Very good. Um, but yeah, okay, well, thank you yeah. for playing the Assessing the Assets round <laughs> of being George <the Androids. laughs> That's
1: very good. group, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, okay, well, Alan, as you mentioned, you're credited to assess buildings in Northern Ireland, Wales, England, Scotland, and Republic of Ireland. So that's a lot of different regions, mm-hmm. uh, for like to assess energy. I think we kind of did touch on this, but what is your favorite region to assess in?
1: Okay. It's kind of like, like, they all have their plus points and different, different strategies for doing things. I think probably as a favorite, it would probably be England, mm-hmm. um, might be an odd choice, but it's really because it's probably the more progressive and you can, you can assess it using software that allows you to get a good insight into it. So I think that's probably where, uh, that's probably where the rest will, will go to, um, Mm-hmm. So that's probably why, because you're going to, it's a, it's more advanced than you can set set software that allows you to get really into the, the, the calculations and see mm-hmm. why things and what can influence it in a better way.
0: That's um, okay. That's great okay. to hear. Um, I know one of the big changes that happened for us, mm-hmm. uh, in, I think was it mm-hmm. September 2020 or September 2018 was the release of the Energy Assessment Guidance for the Greater London Authority. Mm-hmm. What that did is that mentioned a particular section where it talked about the carbon factor of electricity and the mm-hmm. effect all the connecting to the renewables, oh, all the connection of renewables to the national grid was having on electricity. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was, we. I think we were assessing stuff. A lot of the developments maybe had gas boilers or like they're, they're really primarily focused on gas. But then when this came out and it showed electricity had nearly like, halved in the amount of carbon it produces per kilowatt hour. It really changed the game and, like, made electricity a front-runner and, like, look at Earth's heat pumps.
1: Yes, it, it, it did. It was, a, it was, it was almost, like, a, the best cap secret of yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> the national grid. Um, it, it had been bubbling for a while where electricity was, I suppose, seen as a, as, as a poor thing or a bad thing, I, I guess, in, in some way, uh, in the past. Uh, but with the, the advancements on the UK grid, and actually the, 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 the grids throughout Europe as well, is it, it has become quite sustainable. And uh, there's this change for encouragement to move away from fossil fuels into electricity, uh, where it goes through. So it, it's probably going to cause its own issues, because we'll all want to connect to electric, and yeah. we we'll can't all connect to electric. So yeah. there's going to be a point when do you grow the grid and... How you maintain the grid and can you maintain the the, the that factor in the future because you're gonna have the, the renewables? Can the renewables keep up to keep the, the value down as it expands? Um you know, maybe two or three times the capacity of what's needed there. Mm-hmm. But it, it really did change everything um in of that. And it changed it changed, I suppose the, the technologies in vogue at the time would have been CHPs and because yeah. the electricity that they were offsetting against the short performance of gas would would be uh, was encouraged, but it's not so encouraged now. So it's changed into more heat pump technology that, that it's moved yeah. into. So it has really changed the landscape and of the sustainable assessment.
0: Mm-hmm. Even from heat, like I know heat pumps have mm-hmm. in the last big like phase, like craze the last couple of years in the energy industry. But I think even now that's mm-hmm. moving on. I'm hearing a lot of talk about hydrogen and hydrogen boilers.
1: And all. Yeah, there is. Um, each 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 technology is great, and each technology has its downside. Yeah, um, uh, I have a kind of personal theory that it takes about five years for people to like. <laughs> what they don't like about a technology, and then try and move into, into something else. So, um, the, the hydrogen boilers is interesting mm-hmm. because hydrogen boilers is very like a gas technology, and gas. the advantage of being able to switch on and off very quickly and react to things very very quickly so and operate at higher temperatures and and whatnot so um there's always been a trouble of where you get the hydrogen from and yeah that's always a concern and the the overall sustainability is slightly in question but if that was ever solved uh, Mm. then it is a a very adaptable technology because you can pack a lot of energy into something Mm. like hydrogen Uh, there's also um maybe a perception that some people might think hydrogen is dangerous, just because yes. the fat natural gas in their houses for a while. <laughs> hydrogen Sounds like it's a dangerous thing, but it's, it's just another gas. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's an interesting thing. Like heat pumps are a very good technology. Um, they're they're quite clean, there's no emissions off it, they're easy to, to handle. Um they like at low temperatures, which is probably where its downside comes from. It's harder to they operate at higher temperatures if you want you need that that service. Mm-hmm. But um, they're all good if handled they all work well if they handled mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah it's interesting to see the change of, of how things like things move
0: mm. that's a really interesting point you made just there about perception of because I remember when I was doing my thesis and I did it on a renewable electricity grid in Derry and someone and this is maybe in like 2017 so not that long ago where doesn't feel that long ago but it probably is uh, and I was like Put the title and it did the thing where graduates do they put the thesis title on Facebook and I'll like show everyone this is what I was working on, get all the likes. And someone commented underneath it, it was like, oh sure, they, they mentioned the RHI, or they mentioned about renewables, and they had like, it was like, oh sure, that'll be a lot of good. Mm-hmm. And had like negative connotations with it. And I was like, that's amazing to see that, you know, even though the RHI scheme, which was years ago, people still view renewables. Especially here in Northern Ireland, like that as a bad thing. Like, they perceive it as, like,
1: yeah, it was a pity because it was actually quite a good scheme. It was yeah. just, I suppose, badly money
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> in some way, it was. But there is that perception that can happen. But there's also, like, an infrastructure that backs it up, you know, for, for, for people to get rid of the pumps, and we have to have a, a dwelling that's, that's, it's suitable, it's well insulated and, uh, and, wanna, and they also need to have an electrical capacity that can take it and maybe the, some of the local areas can't take that. And, yes. Um, so there's a bit of a perception or people, some people don't like wind turbines on the landscape. Some people like wind turbines in the yeah. landscape and, it's, and it, you can sort of see the perception that will probably change and uh, renewables will just be a thing that exists as it gets more common. It becomes something that, that people can accept. Uh, or you identify issues with renewables that can have connotations, you know, you put yeah. a, 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 some sort of tidal system into something and in it might affect the fish the, and <laughs> the latest So that sort of thing that can happen, but you can deal with it and you get over it and it's the future of this having this mix of renewables. So I think people are probably more accepting now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as the, the cost in energy is increased, and because the cost has increased, it's become more there's more of an awareness in people's minds about it. And so, saving energy and, is, is something that's for forefront of people's mind, and therefore, they accept renewables a bit more. I think
0: mm-hmm. that's great. We can talk about the cost of energy. I definitely want to focus on an episode where we break down the price of electricity, mm-hmm. like just because that's the highest one, just exactly. Well, I suppose I'd do the price of all fuels, but just exactly what goes into it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be for a future episode. But Alan, you've been great to have all. Like thank you so much for answering all the questions. And um, just before we go, do you have any advice for future prospective energy assessors or engineers who are looking to get into this particular sector?
1: Okay. Uh, sort of called back in earlier on that um, answer is that you know, it's it's good to be curious. And so sometimes when, you, when you, you're, you're starting out and maybe you're just getting your foot in the door of this and you're not quite sure how it's working and you may get some advice from people, um, take the advice, but also make your own advice up, you know, think about what you're doing and where you're going. And as you discover things, try and learn why that happens and what the real life consequences of certain things are. So if someone tells you how to do a calculation, and figure out why that calculation works, because that will lead into something else. And those calculations then embed into your common sense, and you can start making reactions. So something that, um, something that's connected kind of, uh, toward me, and I was told when I was co- sort of training is that sometimes you may only have 20 minutes to make a decision on sort of a project that can change its whole direction, and you don't have time to work it all out. But you've got that 20 minutes and can you make a difference in those 20 minutes and if you can you could have such an influence on our development yeah and i think having that as your core so so listen to what advice people give you but question it as well and because you're in a, in a fast evolving um area of, of development and you can be the one that actually makes that change don't think because other people have done something for 20 or 30 years, that that's the way to do it, mm-hmm. you can make it, you can do it differently. You can do other things. And so just have the confidence in yourself to make those changes and to see them. So I think anyone starting out should have that ability, you know, and, uh, if you're not sure of why someone's asking you to do something or why a calculation has to be done a certain way, find out for your own curiosity, because it'll, it just lets you see it a bit more and that's, that's how you develop.
0: So That's. That's really great to hear. That actually is kind of similar to the advice I was going to give, which is not as detailed and nicely phrased as your advice. It's like when assessing carbon in a project, always check why it has carbon happening. Because okay. yeah, again, like you know, <laughs> and like you know, just like yeah, what we said was the same thing. It's like no, it wasn't. It was far less serious. Uh, but again, thanks for being on. Okay. Thank you. And you'll definitely be
1: yeah.
0: right. Uh Thanks for listening to Carbon Climates. If you follow us um, on Instagram at carbon underscore climates, you will keep up to date with all our latest releases of episodes and news. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye.